In today's episode, what is an emotionally immature person? Hi there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. Welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about conquering codependency God's way. You know, for years, I was unaware of my codependency struggle because it flew right under the radar of my confused Christianity and controlling tendencies to find love. But when God brought an awareness and an unraveling of codependency that would open my arms to real intimacy with Him, everything changed. Now, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Don't expect an expert on this channel. I don't even have a seminary degree. But I am a woman that found freedom from codependency through God dependency. And now I'm passionate about sharing this with others. So join me as we discover truth, experience freedom, and live treasured. Hi there. Today I want to talk to you about a brand new topic called the emotionally immature person. Now, I know you know what emotional means. I know you know what immature means, but... Have you heard about the emotionally immature person? Well, it's an important topic for us to bring awareness to, particularly if you struggle with codependency or idolatry of man. It's important for you to have discernment in this so that you can live and give to others as God intended. And so today we're going to start a three-part podcast series on what an emotionally immature person is and how this impacts you and what you can do about it uh, inside of your life. And to bring awareness to this topic, I've asked for an expert to come and to be on our program today. Uh, Dr. Holly Spots is with us. She is a clinical psychologist who specializes in women's mental health. She is the owner and founder of Full Cup Wellness, an entirely virtual private practice serving women in California, Mississippi, and Florida. She specializes in therapy for women who are overfunctioning, anxious, and people pleasing. She helps them discover their authentic self and create deeply fulfilling lives that they love. Holly, welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. So so let's go ahead and, and dive in. And, and by the way, um, the emotionally immature person, um, I found out about this because Holly is the one that told me about it. I had never heard about it before. All right, so let's go ahead and, and dive into um, this topic. Today, we're going to be talking about what is an emotionally immature person, how to identify them, and why this awareness matters. So Holly, what is an emotionally immature person? Yeah, thank you so much, Aileen. Um, so, for, maybe first, let's talk about why this matters. I okay. think um, 
understanding this for myself, what an emotionally immature person was, was truly life-changing. I think I was, um, even after years of therapy, kind of blocked as to being able to be fully self-compassionate, being able to really be my authentic self. And learning about this has just been a game changer for me. So I just want to share this with your listeners. And I really feel that any woman who has felt lost, alone, confused, um, anyone who has believed they are unlovable or uninteresting, which was certain, certainly me, um, unworthy or just not important. I think that they will find some value in this. This is the kind of thinking that, um, that leads to dysfunctional patterns, leads to anxiety, leads to depression, codependency, uh-huh. um, one hurtful relationship after another. Unfortunately, that trauma repeats itself. Uh-huh. And so in order to truly heal, we have to come to understand how the emotionally immature person has affected us, not just person, persons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, this comes from well, most of what I'm going to talk about today um, was, was um, coined, the term emotionally immature poison person was coined by Dr. Lindsay Gibson. And she is a psychologist. Um, she's been in practice for probably, I don't know, 40 years. She has several books on adult children of emotionally immature um, parents. And so I highly, highly recommend her books. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I wanted to, of course, give her that credit. But learning about this from her has just been fascinating for me. And I just want more and more and more. So, um, so yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about, um, about an emotionally immature person. Okay, let's do this. Okay. So, um, so an emotionally immature person, the most common symptom that, uh, Dr. Gibson has found in her, in her research and, and, um, experience is lack of em- empathy. Okay. So, as you know, we see that a lot in narcissistic individuals, um, preoccupation with self, inability to self-reflect, to look at themselves and go, huh, what was my part in that? Mm-hmm. Um, they are externalizers. Mm-hmm. So, um, an externalizer is someone who looks around them to determine who's at blame. Or where the fault is. An internalizer is someone that looks within. And so they are generally externalizers. They are highly uncomfortable with emotion. So what's what's interesting is that they are quite emotional themselves. Hmm. So, but their their emotions are very reactive, often angry, mm-hmm. impulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't show the vulnerable emotions. And they are extremely uncomfortable with your emotions. So they they think in very black and white terms. It's like all or nothing. Um, like, you know, if you don't do this for me, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. So things are kind of categorical for them. There's very it's very rigid. Mm-hmm. Their thinking is very simplistic. 
So they like to narrow reality down. Okay. Probably to, probably so that it's not so scary. But it seems like they have a very one track mind. They just can't think. They, they can't sit and have a conversation and listen to a completely di- different point of view without putting it down. Okay. Their reality is what they feel it to be. This is a big one. So they there's a lot of distortion of reality. They deny, they dismiss reality. Um, if it doesn't work for them, then it it's not true. It's not that way. Um, your reality, if it's different from mine, it, mine's right. Okay. So it's, it, they're very defensive, very critical, um, very critical of anything unfamiliar. They're rejecting of different points of view, dismissive, uh, very mistrusting mm-hmm. of others. Mm-hmm. And, and any kind of complex concept is threatening for them. So they, so they're living with all of this all the time and it's, it's a lot, it's very difficult. And so they're on edge a lot of the time and they are trying to cope. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, the ways that they cope are often through emotional coercion Mm -hmm. of others, Mm -hmm. blame, Mm -hmm. um, basically um, finding a way to be the most important person in the room mm-hmm. and to have zero responsibility mm-hmm. to ha- so that they will never have to experience guilt or shame because that's the, the most difficult um, emotion for them. So what they do is they deflect it onto okay. everybody else. Okay. Right. So a, a lot of um, a lot of indirect communication, you, you kind of have to figure out what they want they're not going to come to you and say, you know, what I really need is, no, you just should know. You're just supposed to know. Mm-hmm. So p- people tend to kind of orbit around them, kind of walk on eggshells mm-hmm. near them because you're never really sure what's going to set them off, what they're going to get upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they get upset, they have no idea how to manage their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so the people around them tend to manage them for them so Ah, they change the subject Mm -hmm. they um won't talk about certain things Mm -hmm. with this person Mm -hmm. um so they're they're pretty rigid they um they really struggle with boundaries Mm -hmm. i know you talk a lot about boundaries Mm -hmm. they feel like boundaries are they are intrusive to them. So, so they, do they feel like they struggle with setting boundaries or, or they struggle with respecting boundaries? Respecting. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. someone else setting a boundary mm-hmm. feels like they don't love me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, tell me that you don't want me to, um, you know, for example, like, say a woman is, is um, about to deliver her baby and she tells her mother, you know, I, I love you, but I really would like you not to be in the, in the delivery room. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be best if I could just be with my husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a boundary that is going to feel extremely threatening 
and it's going to feel like um, they are completely unloved by this mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And an emotionally immature person bases their reality on what they feel. So if I feel you don't love me, then you don't love me. Okay. Okay. So that, that's the struggle. They're very difficult to get along with, as you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't apologize mm-hmm. for things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're, 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 they they a sound lot, like I a guess, lot of fun to be around. More. Yeah. Yeah. They're difficult. <laughs> they're difficult people. Right. Right. So as you're describing this, kind of my um, novice, newbie gut reaction is, Holly, is this an, isn't this a narcissist? So yeah. is there a difference between a narcissist um, and an emotionally immature person? And I know that you psychologists are just like having a field day with people like me, like quit throwing around the term narcissist because it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but yeah. is so, is so educate us um, on okay. the differences. Okay. So, Think of emotionally immature person as an umbrella term. Okay. So, and think of emotional maturity as a spectrum. So someone could be slightly emotionally immature Mm -hmm. or highly emotionally immature. Okay. And so, so things like narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder, that's another Mm -hmm. one that gets thrown around a lot. They all fall underneath the emotionally immature person. So, so people with personality disorders are all EIPs. That's what we call emotionally immature people, EIPs. Okay. So people with personality disorders are all EIPs, but not all EIPs have a personality disorder. Gotcha. And so we have to remember that a personality disorder is a technical diagnosis it, okay. it has to come from a professional. It has to be made using the DSM-5. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not something that we can technically make of another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, unless we're in that role. Mm-hmm. And so what... what Eileen... Is- Right, Eileen. Ah. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, when you you know when you see something and it is, it is. But right. um, but you know that that's the technical side mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, you know, while sometimes a diagnosis can be really helpful, mm-hmm. you know, when a, like a client's in therapy and they're thinking they, their therapist says, you know, it sounds like your partner has some real narcissistic traits. Mm-hmm. Let's look into that. That could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is that the word narcissist has become overused. Right. And right. so, you know, people learn about narcissism on TikTok or mm-hmm. Instagram and they're like, oh, everyone's a narcissist. You know, right. they start calling people narcissists. Right. Um, and then the other problem is, is underuse, you know, mm-hmm. so it, for a lot of people, it is really hard. It feels like a real betrayal to label a loved one as a narcissist Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, they might have some traits, Mm -hmm. but the diagnosis may not completely fit. And so, you know, not everyone is a narcissist. Not everything is emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. So getting caught up in whether someone is a narcissist or not can really kind of halt the healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So emotional immaturity 
um, is, is this umbrella spectrum, which includes that, but broadens the definition. It feels more fair. Mm -hmm. It, it helps people take the information in. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's just more balanced because the, the EIP isn't all bad all the time. Gotcha. You know, one of, one of the biggest blocks for people who grew up feeling emotionally lonely in their in their homes and when they were raised by EIPs mm -hmm. is that you know they felt well cared for in non-emotional areas you know maybe their basic needs were met mm -hmm. their parents made sacrifices they maybe their parents even immigrated to this country on with mm -hmm. the the coat on their back mm -hmm. um they may have received multiple gifts from their parents mm -hmm. so you know, this was all evidence of their love, which is very confusing. Mm -hmm. Am I selfish for wanting more from them? Right. Am I selfish for wanting a connection with them? Right. And that's the thing that the EIP can be highly intelligent, mm -hmm. extremely smart, accomplished, driven, um, highly functional. They can be fun, charismatic. Mm -hmm. They can even be a favorite parent. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. so we have to be careful to not push people away mm -hmm. with a, a real diagnosis mm -hmm. of like narcissism or borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and so so th th that's kind of the thinking behind this. If we can present um, a non-technical term, but just a grouping of characteristics, more people can take it in. And they can make meaning out of it without feeling like they're betraying someone. It probably relieves a lot of people because yes. if you're walking on eggshells, then you're feeling like this is all your fault. And then you learn, oh, that person didn't, you know, couldn't connect with me emotionally. Yes. So, so there, but there, there's nothing wrong with me and that you can kind of let go of that shame or that, um, that question mark that you've had all your life, like, am, am I yes. worth loving? Because then you say, oh, that's why this happened. Just like a, a person who is, cannot see because they're blind, then you wouldn't say, why couldn't they see? Why couldn't they see? Then you're like, oh, well, that's why they couldn't see. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I love this. So and it helps. I think we can have a little empathy for mm -hmm. them, but, um, but also, um, I think it's, it's it just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just more fair technically. And I think that, you know, people seem to grab onto this and make mm -hmm. progress a whole lot more quickly. There is some grief that has to be processed when they identify that their parent will never be able to be mm -hmm. that emotionally connected parent that they need. Right. And that that's something that has to be processed and worked right. through. Right. But also some freedom too. So you're not, mm -hmm. your expectations are changed and then you can love them, you know, where, where they are. But, um, mm -hmm. but let's, let's talk about this. So you talked about this a little bit, like the walking around on eggshells. What is mm -hmm. it like to be around an emotionally immature person? Okay. So, so imagine what it's like being with a four-year-old. Okay. They are, you know, a lot of fun, usually silly. Okay. But they're egocentric. Mm -hmm. They are self-focused. Mm -hmm. Their emotions are big and out of control sometimes. They don't want to get in trouble. 
so they are defensive and blaming of others. Mm-hmm. He did it. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. They sometimes lie or distort reality, mm-hmm. deny reality. Um, I wasn't there. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They, um, they also need others to mirror them and, and help them settle down. So what does that um, mean? Mirroring? So mirroring. So this is emotional attunement. So when a child is, you know, let's say sad, um, it would be a natural instinct for a parent to come and go, oh, you're sad. Oh, that, you know, that makes me feel sad too. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tell me, tell me about your sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is normal for a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what four-year-olds need. We're mm-hmm. supposed to mirror them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the emotionally immature person is a, a 40-year-old mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's too much to expect another adult to be with them, mirroring them, managing their emotions all the time. Right. Right. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a sense of what it's like to be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, one of the things that Dr. Gibson says is that, um, the most common feeling that people describe after interacting with an EIP is tired. Mm-hmm. They're, they're exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, there can also be anger, frustration, um, and then the most common symptom of an adult child of an EIP mm-hmm. is emotional loneliness. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel connected and that extends to the, their life in general. They generally feel emotionally lonely. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, the EIP is a poor listener. Mm-hmm. They dominate conversations. Mm-hmm. They dismiss your opinions, the way you see things. They are the authority. Mm-hmm. So if you share a difference of opinion that that's going to, they're going to tell you you're wrong. Right. Um, right. They have very little interest or empathy in, in, you know, in others. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem to have a filter. It, it, you'll, sometimes you'll just go like, did they, like, did they really just say that? Right. You know, like people look at each other across the room. Like, do they not see that that's, you know, inappropriate to say? Right. Um, right. They can be real killjoys, mm-hmm. like sarcastic, mm-hmm. cynicism, mockery, contempt. Um, you just, you just can't be yourself around them. Right, right. There's, and, and then the last thing is they highly value roles. Okay. So um, they use roles, like roles in the family mm-hmm. or in any, any system mm-hmm. for authority. Mm. Like you should do this because, uh because I'm on the elder board at church Yes, and you know, if you've been listening to treasure ministry stuff, that doesn't fly here. (laughs) Yeah. Like I am your mother. Uh You will obey me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I even have adult clients who are in their thirties, forties who tell me that their mothers still tell them. You are supposed to obey me. I am your mother. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be really confusing if mm-hmm. if used inappropriately because right. people think, oh, well, the Bible says, you know, obey your mother and father. Right. Well, it, we we have to look at that a little bit more closely. deeper. And, yeah. And yes. you know, what, what, he, what we always teach in Treasure Ministries is that, I mean, certainly when children are little, yes, because mm-hmm. your parent is taking care of them, but mm-hmm. that um, the Bible says that a man... Uh, she'll leave his father mm-hmm. and mother. And then, you know, um, God always has to be first. And mm-hmm. if somebody is using a title to manipulate you, to put, you must obey me first, that is very clear, like red, red flag. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the free will is so important. My boys now are, um, 21 and 23 and it's not easy to let go. Like you don't call the shots anymore, but boy, it's God's will. It is God's will for parents to let go and let their children make their own choices. We had a time when they were in car seats to control everything that time mm-hmm. is over um, mm-hmm. because they they need to um, follow God, and mm-hmm. um, so and that might look different than what you want. <laughs> might look Absolutely. different, but it's okay. <laughs> so, so people have to learn, you know what? How do I handle that? My mm-hmm. adult mother is telling me mm-hmm. what to do, and she sounds so certain about what it is that I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do. You know. They have to learn to to say, okay, well, you know, that's a good idea, mom, but it's important for me to think this through for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And e- even Jesus did that. I mean, mm-hmm. he said, you know, you're you're in Mark chapter three. Your family's looking for you, and and he said, my family are those that do the will of the Father. And so even Jesus, you know, did not jump who he served. First was God, and so that to me is the big difference. And mm-hmm. and God, you know, gives us free will, and so I don't think, uh, in my opinion, I think God frowns deeply when people use titles to demand that you mm-hmm. go to their whims. So, um, yeah, so that's a good biblical way of of looking looking at it, that we don't want to be yoked to anybody where we're doing everything that they say, because then we don't have freedom to choose God first. So, um, so, so let's talk about the converse of this. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about emotionally immature EIP. What about a emotionally mature person? Yeah. So uh, obviously it's very, very different. And the problem is for most people, they, I mean, maybe not for most people, but for a lot of people, they have never experienced this. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is, um, it is foreign. And it, and so of course it is up to us to seek it out and learn, you know, what, what, what should it look like? Um, what happens is people who come out of emotionally immature homes, think that's normal and it's not, it, that's not healthy. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, um, so a mature person. Um, a mature person has their own interests and is also interested and curious about others. Mm-hmm. So I get to be me, you get to be you, mm-hmm. 
and I will show interest in you. And it's nice when you show interest in me too. So the relationship feels, you, you feel very seen and important mm-hmm. in this relationship, mm-hmm. but you are not, um, you have your own sense of separateness in this relationship. Um, emotionally, oh, let's see, a mature person, um, so they can emotionally attune. Like I was talking about the mirroring. Um, they can be, you know, excited for your successes. You come home and you're like, oh, I had a great day. They can smile at you and be like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you've had a tough day and, and they know to, they can read you. They, they, they know to go and give you a hug. They, they know, you know, they can see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this mutual mirroring of emotion mm-hmm. that, that is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, let's see, they take turns in conversation. So you don't feel like they're dominating. Mm-hmm. They own their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. They apologize. They make amends. A majority of my clients will say they grew up in homes where um, not arguments were never repaired. Yeah, nobody ever came back and yeah. said, "I'm sorry." Right. You know, I shouldn't have said it that way. Yeah. Um, it, and and so that's the difference. You know, being in an emotionally mature relationship, communication is polite. It's kind. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still conflict sometimes, but there is repair. And so you, you feel valued, you know, my, my partner or my, you know, whoever, the, whoever I'm in a relationship with comes back and says, you know, I didn't like how I handled that. Right. Um, that feels good. Right. So they can be self-reflective. Right. They can vulnerably share their feelings. They know their own needs mm-hmm. and preferences and mm-hmm. ask for them. Mm-hmm. That's the key, you know being willing to ask someone for what we need is vulnerable Mm -hmm. and it is mature Mm -hmm. and it is, that is a very difficult thing for most people Mm -hmm. um, because they haven't experienced that in their families of origin. Mm -hmm. But it, what it, what happens is, is that they're, um, they're, they feel respected, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and, and I don't have to guess what it is that you need. And then I don't have to get in trouble if I didn't get it right. Right. You're responsible for you and what you need. Right. And I'm responsible for me and what I need. Right. So um, I can't get mad at you. That's not fair for me to get mad at you for not telling me that you needed something. Right. And so, yes, there's that mirroring, but we, you know, we're, we can't always figure it out. We don't right. always know right. what someone else needs. So we have to be able to be honest. Right. Right. Um, so there's respect and boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's trust mm-hmm. and a, just a general sense of security in the relationship. Like mm-hmm. this feels, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, you know, that we trust that our partner is going like they have their own they're not dependent on me mm-hmm. to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think that's like, a big one right there. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. That's you know, they one. have their own coping mechanisms. Right, right. They have hobbies. They exercise. They ask for help. Um, they don't need me mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to anticipate their needs right. and be responsible for them all the time. Right. And it's not fair to ask another person to hold you up. Right. We, right. We can't live out our purpose if we are holding up another person all the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that, that those are some of the differences. So talk to all my, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, talk to them. <laughs> and how could you spot an emotionally immature person like on a first date? Yeah, right. I'm sure, you know. All of us want to go back and, wi- and wish that we had yeah. learned this stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long ago. And I tell my, you know, my teens this, all my teen daughters this mm-hmm. all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, mom, you know, yeah, we just get stop. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. But um, hopefully there's someone out there that wants to hear this. So, yeah. um, so, okay. So if you're out on a first date. And they are talking a lot about themselves. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a flag. Do they listen to you? Are they curious about you? Do you feel cared about in this interaction? Um, so are also, you can look at like their interactions with others on the date. Like for example, a waiter, say you're at a restaurant. Are they impatient? Are they irritable? Do they mm-hmm. complain? Mm-hmm. Um, do they se- have? Do you have a sense that they think this waiter is a real person, mm-hmm. or is he just someone that works for them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to have a very strong reaction to small things. So if something's wrong on their plate, you know that that that's going to be a big deal. Right. Um, you're going to hear themes of blame when they talk about others. I think that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. So that victim yeah. mentality, mm-hmm. you know, like their ex was just crazy or, you know, they have this like mm-hmm. horrible boss. Mm-hmm. It's just, just, it's always someone else, mm-hmm. especially when talking about like an ex relationship though. I think that's important. Right. Every relationship is two-sided. We all have our own piece of what yeah. went wrong. Yeah. It's, it's not fair to just make it you know, all about the other person. Right. Um, and then lastly, you know, do they, do they respond to boundaries or do they keep pushing their agenda when I'm telling them what I've got? Oh, that what, is such a I pet need? peeve of mine. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a, that's it's like awful. a big, I mean, I'm married now, but in friendship, if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't respect boundaries, I will love them. I'll respect them. I'll be kind to them, but I'm not going to get close. I mean, right. as, as a former person that put people first before God, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, that is something to me, just like an alcoholic doesn't need to go to mm-hmm. a bar. I don't need to be friends with people like that. Close friends. Right. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. 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 Yes. So unless I, you're really confident in your ability to mm-hmm. assert your boundaries and it, you just shouldn't need to do that. Right. Right. In and a healthy relationship. And I think that with these people, you know, it's not that then we say they're awful and we're not going to, no. you know, uh, love them, but we, there's an awareness, right, that, mm-hmm. that you, you bring to that. And again, the goal is when you're getting, cl- like in your close connections, they need to be interdependent so that you have the freedom to put God first, 
to put mm-hmm. God first and, and to live and be who he's created you to be. Um, so why would a person, because if, if somebody's standing with you, and let's just, I want to like unpack, okay, if they're blaming others, I love what you said too, especially about a past relationship, right? Mm-hmm. They don't respect boundaries and they don't listen to you because it's all mm-hmm. about them. So, mm-hmm. and I know you said other things, but you know, so you just remember boundaries, blaming, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. about them. So then right. <laughs> you can why, would we, <laughs> yeah. why would we get involved with a person like that? Yeah. That's yeah. A, it's a really good question. Yeah. So, so like I said before, they're not all bad. No one's all bad. And so they have really good traits. You know, sometimes they can be very charismatic, very mm-hmm. confident. They can present themselves in such a way that, you know, they're, they're assertive. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. That feels good sometimes mm-hmm. to be around someone who mm-hmm. can make decisions easily. Um, also, I think that we are curious about someone that's so self-involved. They, I think there's a, there's a curiosity that a lot of us have. It's like, huh, this, this person's interesting. They, they've got this whole like life going on and, and I, I'm just, it's drawing me in. I want to know more about them because there's a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, cause they're telling you all about themselves. So mm-hmm. the, the, there's curiosity. Um, but I think, you know, I remember, um, one of your podcasts a while back, um, I think it was Carrie McAvoy mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I might get this wrong, but um, I think she was talking about the traits of a person that gets involved with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And she was citing some, some research on that. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, the two traits that they found that were, would likely lead a person to choose a narcissistic partner were agreeableness. And conscientiousness. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, thinking about those, we, if we're, if we're a conscientious person, we sense that that person is broken in some way. And we're a kind hearted person. And so that kind of draws us in. It's like we see a vulnerability in them, we see beyond the, the self centeredness. And kind of, when we're curious, we want to know more. Right. And so, you know, I think we, um, we could just leave it there, but I think that we would be robbing of our, ourselves of, of deeper healing if we didn't look at our earlier relationships. Right. And yeah. so, you know, were we born agreeable and conscientious? I mean, maybe there's temperaments, mm-hmm. you know, um, but for some people we have had experiences with our families of origin that where we had an emotionally immature parent and in that relationship we learned to put others per, first right right we learned to, to caretake instead right. of being cared for right so this role feels familiar yeah wow yeah right mm-hmm. and so you know adult children of EIPs are just used to allowing someone to be mm-hmm. the most important person in the room. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they've already internalized the belief that they are subpar. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. that something is wrong with them because they've basically been treated this way their whole life. Um, they aren't as important as everyone else. And so they don't expect to be heard or seen. Right. It's okay that this person has this big personality or this, or is taking up so much room because they may not want to be seen. Maybe they don't like what's inside. Someone's Mm -hmm. told them that it's bad. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, in their minds, like it would be selfish to think of themselves as important. Mm -hmm. So let me give myself to listening to this person. So it becomes very normal to orbit around the dominant person and expect emotional loneliness and invalidation. Right. Because that, that's what they've experienced. So they've never um, attempted to have the confidence or to, to be, or to blossom, or all those things, because this is the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. Um, And so challenging that can be scary. But then if you see this really charismatic, smart, you know, person, then it's like, oh, this would be a good planet for me to orbit around. Mm -hmm. So let me, you know, I'm I'm not going to be exciting, because I can't be but this person is, so let me orbit around them. Yeah. It feels safe. It feels safe. It feels safe and familiar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. can't trust myself, but I, gosh, I think I could trust him. He could lead. Right. 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 Those, these are all like such, such great thoughts. And um, as you're talking, Holly, I'm just thinking through so many women that I talk to in Treasured Ministries um, who are, young things like me. No. <laughs> and, but, you know, we get to this place in life and it's like, you know, I don't know, really know what I like or where, you know, who yeah. I am because they've spent their lives, you know, orbiting because of, of getting, you know, involved in maybe being raised in and then carrying that over into a relationship, um, with an, an emotionally, uh, immature person. So, and, Um, What we're going to be talking about in our podcast in part two is how this impacts you. You know, if you are already in a relationship, you have a parent or you feel like you've listened today and you're like, you know what? The dating is over. I'm married to this person now. You know, what kind of impact does that have uh, on your life? And I think... um, this is really going to be a blessing to you, one, because you're going to understand that it's not your fault. And um, as we're going to unfold in this podcast series, uh, there there are things that you can do, um, which will allow you to blossom, um, which is which is wonderful because that's what God wants us to do. Holly, do you have any closing thoughts? that you want to say just that, you know, I've been there and, and if anyone out there is feeling like, Oh, you know, I did this, I'm doing this. This just feels like, uh, I don't know how I can get out of this mess. Um, it is certainly possible. And the first step is just being aware and educating yourself on some of these things and just trying to see it from a different perspective Uh and just kind of putting those old thoughts and beliefs aside long enough to just try to take this in, even though it's new and different and, 
um, and just kind of let it marinate, sit with you. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, eventually you'll get it and you'll start making these changes for yourself. I love that because, you know, it's, it's hard to confront what you don't know you need to Mm -hmm. confront. And so really awareness is the, it is the first step. And so if through this podcast, you've become aware, join us next week uh, as we talk about how an EIP, an emotionally immature parent or spouse impacts our lives. Thanks so much for listening in and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.